I'm Sandy Swallow. I'm Okalala Lakota and Northern Cheyenne. I've been an artist for over 30 years and through my artwork have portrayed my heritage. Now I'm starting a brand new venture called Lakota Link and I'm here to share with you and I hope you enjoy it. Lakota Link. Greetings from the home of the Seven Council Fires, land of the 1868 Fort Laramie Treaties, bringing stories old and new of Lakota values, courage, respect, wisdom, to name a few. I have the pleasure and the honor of interviewing Ashley Puyer. And Ashley has been the curator of the Heritage Center down in Pine Ridge at Red Cloud Schools. And I've known her for a while. She's a young lady that's very intelligent. And Ashley, I'd kind of like for you to tell me, uh, uh, tell our listeners a little bit about, about yourself and um, did you grow up on Pine Ridge? Yes, um, I'm from the Porcupine, South Dakota community. It's a very small town, and I grew up on the outskirts of it with my, with my Puyer family. Oh, okay. And did you know your grandparents? Yes, we lived with my my father's parents on their in their house. Um, we're a kind of a classic three-generation household with all the cousins and all the aunts running around playing in the creek. We live near Porcupine Creek with our horses and just some good old country kid time. Well, that that sounds fun. That sounds great. We, When uh, my kids were little, we lived on a ranch outside of Oral, South Dakota, and, and they grew up with horses and cattle and pigs and things like that. We had a big garden. Uh, then with your education, I see that you attended college. Can you tell me where that's at? I, yes, I finished my high school years at Red Cloud Indian School and then continued college through a full ride scholarship through Red Cloud at Carthage College uh, in Kenosha, Wisconsin. It's a liberal arts college, and I finished my college education in 2012. Was that kind of a unique, uh, unusual experience? I mean, was that a big town? Was the college a big college? Um, it was a small private Lutheran college. The class sizes were about 20 to 30 students, depending on the class. I really enjoyed it. I mean, it was, I, I drove myself there. <laughs> Usually parents carry their children and drop them off and have an emotional moment there. But I, my mother got me my first car to travel back and forth to college. Very reliable car. I mean, I welcome the, the opportunity to, to get out of South Dakota, to get out of off the res and just experience something new. I was a very, uh, angsty high school student and honestly wanted like nothing to do with my uh, with my culture as being a, an Oglala. I wasn't raised very um, in the Lakota spirituality aspects as much as most people. 
Um, I didn't speak the speak the language fluently. I can understand words, but that's about it. So I welcome the opportunity to learn and grow in a different environment. Um, it wasn't too huge of a town. I compare it to to Rapid City. Oh, is, okay. Um, but when you have two huge international metropolises next to you, we were hour north of Chicago and like a half hour south of Milwaukee. So if I wanted something from the big city, I could definitely just hop on a train with my student pass and go explore Chicago for a bit. I I see on um, that you went to Japan for for a while and um, I have some connections with Japan. I I'm friends with Mr. Muto who did a sculpture up at Devil's Tower and he and then also with Yuki who did the Main Street Square sculptures. So that intrigued me that you went and to learn the language. How was that? Yes. So my I majored in studio art with a focus in sculpture and Japanese language and Asian studies. I I really enjoyed it. I miss, I miss it a lot. Just their, their, their societal norms of how they just conduct themselves and then just their normal city lifestyle. Um, I really miss it, um, especially now with everything happening on. So I went to Japan there um, for a semester. Their their school semesters are a lot, are very different from American America's school semesters that are typically there's America will be January through May. Theirs was I believe it was April to August was their spring semester. The spring of 2011 during Japan in 2011 was the uh, earthquake. Earthquake tsunami um, combination that uh, took uh, Fukushima. Ooh, I can't remember what it was called, but yeah. Um, I know what you mean. Uh-huh. Yeah, the Fukushima earthquake and tsunami incident. Our school was very concerned with me, and then others, one of my classmates was was going was going to be attending the same uh, school around the same time, and we had to find waivers away just because they didn't want to, they put it out there in front of us and you can just skip the rest of this semester and pay another extra one, extra semester, or you can just find this waiver and continue on with your education. So we both signed the waiver. We both uh, ended up going to Japan in a very interesting, crucial time. I still remember the airplane over there, the airplane right over there. It was a very empty plane right over thought it was pretty adorable because from out of, out of Rapid City to Minneapolis and then on to Japan. And there's this little Korean uh, older couple and they said that they were visiting their their son that was in, I think he was going to Black Hill State University or something. Um, but we kind of kept each other company the entire way. So it was just a, one of those fun fond memories that you kind of have a lot. And then we ended up continuing on. We, my classmate and I ended up uh, meeting our 
our most point of contact person. We took a bus to to our um, to our dorms, uh, which are outside the college, um, and got scored away with our language efficiency class, and kind of got started up from there. And of course, we attended one of the most muddiest and hottest humid <laughs> summers in Japan ever. We were not prepared for that level of humidity at all. <laughs> well, it, you know, I've got natural curly hair, and I stay away from places like that. I get waved <laughs> too frizzy. But, well, that that just sounds like a wonderful experience. And I would probably tell my listeners that you've got a lot more experience in traveling and stuff than most people on the reservation do. But, you know, kind of getting back to what is going on now and how you're feeling now, how does the, how does this uh, quarantine, how are you coping with this? How What are some of the things that are happening to you that are different than what happened before? Oh, I can't even think of a start date of so when all this kind of happened. I think March, the beginning of March, because for work we attended um, the Herd Indian Art Show uh, in Phoenix, Arizona, the first weekend of March. And we were walking around and we were talking and chatting up with um, some of our, our regular artists we communicate with. And we're realizing that a lot of the other Native support institutions or other collecting institutions were, were not there. And that was when we were hearing that new, um, other museum institutions were not letting their staff do, was not letting their staff do any unnecessary travel. So that kind of, I feel like that kind of started and kind of really heightened our, our awareness of how traveling, if we should, if we shouldn't. I think I had multiple bottles of Germex and um, sanitizing wipes when I was traveling. So I was like wiping down my, my airplane seat tray and sanitizing my hands and washing my phone off constantly while traveling. <laughs> no kidding. I, my daughter is an RN and she kind of, you know, set us down and talked to my husband and I about it and and so I think in a way we was a little more aware than a lot of people and kind of started self-quarantine. We're, we're not totally quarantined. We go get groceries and stuff. But uh, because of our age, we, you know, we're a little more careful. Uh, tell me about what's, do you think there's any difference being on the reservation versus say, a big city on on what's going on, or from your perspective, necessarily? Yes, there is a huge difference. I mean, throughout the, as March moved along and we're hearing that there are cases in Sioux Falls, there's cases um, over in Omaha, Nebraska, so all these larger cities that are all around us, but we're a very rural state, a very rural reservation and people are going to, people travel. It's just a luxury that we have and it's a convenience that we need to work. It's a convenience that we have as well. Well, you know, like with us, people 
kind of get down on other people and they say they're hoarding. But actually, we for many years lived out in the country. And when we would go shopping to get groceries, if we got to go to Rapid or Shadron, we uh, we really loaded up on groceries because it was not something that we would go go do every few days. We we would go maybe once a month or maybe once every two months, and if it was Rapid, it probably wasn't even that often. So I'm I'm kind of used to it. I I've kept my pantry kind of full and and stuff and. Um, but it is a little different on Pine Ridge because uh, you really don't have that many grocery stores, and they're a little bit smaller. Yes, and I can completely relate to uh, loading up your a cart or two at Walmart to last you two weeks or so. <laughs> that was definitely my childhood, too. But, yeah, I mean, for, I feel like for... For people more in the country, rural, country or areas of rapid of um, the reservation, um, I think they're a lot more prepared for that. I think I called my my mother on Easter and Easter Happy Easter and just to call and check up with her. Um, she's one of the immune compromised people as well. So I know if I can prevent her from exiting the house, that as much as possible, that is amazing. So called and asked if she had enough groceries or if I had to go get stuff, and luckily she goes straight to the, there's a few um, butchers down here in um, in Rushville and over in Clinton, Nebraska, stockpiles her whole deep freezer full of meat that honestly lasts about a month, depending on what we're cooking. Oh, okay. Um, well, I mean, I could talk about the, are very few grocery stores and, and the hoarding that happens in the larger cities that's not happening on our reservation. Right. It isn't happening. I guess the one thing that we do have to contend with is the Lakota people, uh, the tribal people, they they are very much family-oriented. And I think, you know, not to say that the other society isn't, but uh, I think that's probably been... The, one of the hardest things to deal with is not being able to necessarily get together for gatherings and and celebrations. And I I know um, the schools have been shut down, and the kids aren't going to be able to have graduation and and things like that, which uh, I'm sure it's very hard on them. So, kind of getting back to to the Heritage Center. You tell me what you want to tell me about that. Um, about the Heritage Center? Yeah, about your okay. plans or how they're, what they're doing. I, according to my organization, which I'm very thankful for, I'm listed as an essential employee. So I can, I'm waiting for my placard letter to come in the mail before I go back to work. And Heritage Center, we are a very small staff for. And we are, we are an educator, a gift shop manager and buyer, and a curator, collections manager. The, what would usually be happening right now is we would have we have we would have classes running classes 
being taught in the galleries, art classes being held upstairs. We're having a lot of visitors right now. This is um, the beginning of our um, tourism season, which would normally be happening right now. So we'd get a lot more foot traffic coming in usually. And for me, I was I am preparing for our annual summer art show. We meet, I think, three times every other day um, as a department and just kind of divulge everything we've been doing, even if it's completely non-work-related. <laughs> and sure. just kind of keeping, keeping up an, an emotional support of like, well, I couldn't do this. And I just had a sad day today. So, and they're like, it's like, it's okay. We need, we need sad days because they're a coping mechanism for all of us. For the listeners, I, I do want to say that the Red Cloud Art Show has been going on for how many years? 40, 40, how no. many? Oh, we, this year will be the, 52nd year. 52nd. See, I even I've lost yes. track. And <laughs> and I uh did you know brother Simon? Not personally. I was I was a sophomore or a junior well at Red Cloud High School and I'd see him walking up and down in front of Trexel Hall the Heritage Center building. Um, in his cossack smoking his pipe. Oh, yes. The only interaction and memory I have of Brother Simon before he passed. He was, oh, you know, a very unique individual, and I would say very focused in his, his love of the Lakota people and how he was able to start that uh, art show and, and has helped so many. Uh, people on the reservation, not just Pine Ridge, but, uh, you know, they're open to any enrolled member. And and I will say that as an artist, I've been uh, participating for many years, and they really encouraged me. And I, I want my listeners to know, wherever you happen to be from, that uh, their art show is is actually one of the pre- premier art shows in the Northern Plains. They're just wonderful things are down there. And, and if you get a chance, if things go well and you can travel and come and see the art show, I really encourage you. Is there, it sounds like you guys are able to, even though it's difficult, <laughs> Because it's such an unknown thing, you know, with this quarantine and with this uh, flu, but that you've managed to work around it and to still continue on. Yes, it's a, definitely um, a lot of hurdles to jump through, respecting the, I mean, the institution is taking the lead from the Oglala Sioux Tribal Council. Um, with how to conduct ourselves around accepting packages in the mail, delivering meals to to the kids. Our bus our bus are still active, and they're active specifically for doing um, meal deliveries, um, sack lunches, and such like that. Um, and then just respecting the social distancing efforts and the sanitizing of pieces of tables and handles and everything 
we're we're still kind of fussing and trying to figure out how to reach our our artists and our gift shop artists as well. And we we like we have the Heritage Center once the our people in our community that we like to reach and tap into is our gift shop people who are from who live hand to mouth and paycheck to paycheck almost every day. And when we had to stop our buying days, well, they lost that source of income for them. Um, now with a tribe on lockdown, there's a lot of their, their network and their marketing that they can't do anymore because we're all isolated. There is a very big push to help them, to help everyone create a business Facebook account and start doing um, business through Facebook. And that's completely um, dependent on the, the individual artist. And then hopefully uh, start web pages or get the account and just kind of push people directly to the, to the individual artist. Is that kind of what, kind of a directory? Is that what you're talking about that uh, you had, had mentioned? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, um, as I was crawling out of my, my fog and trying to limit my Facebook interactions for, for my own mental well-being. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I know the feeling, believe me. <laughs> <laughs> and there's also um, uh, another uh, arts organization group that are kind of, uh, that we meet once or, at first a couple times a week, now just once a week, and are trying to organize ourselves and just kind of brainstorm to figure out how to be productive as a group together. I mean, we could all be productive individually, but we, we, we have a great relationship with our artists and we can talk to them very directly and very simply and ask them what they need and hopefully work with our gained um, network of uh, patrons and hopefully encourage themselves, um, art sales, some to help people generate some economic uh, backing. Well, I think, you know, we don't know. This is a very much of an unknown territory that we're going into with with this virus and how it's going to affect things. We, do, we know now that it has shut down a lot and they hope to open up things, but I personally believe that in some ways, it's going to change society. And I think you uh, doing this directory is it's really a good idea because um, for a while, it's definitely people are going to be thinking about how they spend their money or where they travel or what they do. And this is kind of one reason I, d- I decided to start Lakota Link was before this happened, I had this idea. But now I'm just thinking it's going to, you know, it has to be important for us to talk to one another and to keep that communication going. And to, and I'm really happy that some young people, because I'm a Lakota elder, <laughs> I'm really happy <laughs> that some young people are willing to talk to me about their plans. And I appreciate that you're willing to be interviewed, Ashley. And uh, thank you very much. And we will be coming back to you again. To kind of talk a little bit more about Red Cloud School, it's been around for a very long time. 
And in my day, when I went to Ulrich's High School, it, it was known as Holy Rosary Mission. We would play basketball games with them, and they always had a very excellent team. If you're able to go down and visit Red Cloud School or the Heritage Center, if you're coming in from the west, going east, it'll be right before you get to Pine Ridge, and it has beautiful grounds there, and that's where the Heritage Center is, and that's where Ashley Puyer is as the curator of the Heritage Center. The Heritage Center is very well known for helping artists and purchasing small items from them, as she said in the interview, uh, helps with their day-to-day living. I would say that the value that Ashley Puyer has is respect, and she's very respectful to all the artists, whether they're young or old, and she's very helpful. And anybody who's dealt with the public knows how Sometimes that can be difficult, but Ashley just has that Lakota value, respect, and we appreciate her so much. Well, I hope you enjoyed our segment. You know, I, I enjoy visiting with the people. And if you did, go to sandyswallowgallery.com where you can find my artwork and find some history and some background. Please subscribe to it or if you have some comments we would love to hear your opinion this is a new adventure for us and i value your opinion Lakota Link is here to share Lakota values. God bless you on your journey. Wopila, thank you for joining us. Hey, hey, hey.